Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Your number one source for all the league's top headlines. Here's your host, Justin Kinner. Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Justin Kenner with you here. The 2022-23 season has officially tipped off for both men and women's college basketball. And I'm excited to spend this season catching up with the coaches, players, and media members from around the Horizon League, leading into the Horizon League tournament in Indianapolis starting March 6th. Last week on Episodes 1 and 2 of Season 3, I caught up with ESPN's Jordan Burnfield to preview the upcoming season for the Horizon League on the men's side of things. I also caught up with last year's Horizon League Coach of the Year, John Kaufman, of the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons. We talked, of course, about the expectations for the Dons as they are tied with Northern Kentucky as the 2022-23 preseason favorites, according to the preseason coaches poll. Now today we're going to do the same, this time on the women's side of things. The Youngstown State Penguins were picked as the preseason favorites for the first time in program history. In fact, the highest they have ever been picked before was third back in 2013. That, coincidentally enough, was the very first year for head coach John Barnes, who is this week's guest on Reach the Horizon. The reigning Horizon League Women's Basketball Coach of the Year joins us. Take a listen. John Barnes, the head coach of the Youngstown State Penguins, hanging out with us here on this week's edition of Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Uh, coach, we've never had you on before. I was really excited to have you on. Excited to be hanging out with you here this afternoon. Thanks for your time today. How are you? Welcome. I'm good, Justin. Thanks a lot for having me on. Absolutely, Coach. Uh, excited just to kind of have a you know a little few moments here just uh, to kind of talk about you in, in your program, Coach. Uh, I, w- I want to start off with this. Uh, it was a it, first in program history. Uh, your team, your program, tabbed as the Horizon League preseason favorites. And look, I, I kind of know where this goes. Like I talked to a lot of coaches, and I know the preseason polls. Technically, you know, you'll say that they mean nothing, but I think it's pretty significant. Uh, first in program history, as I mentioned. To you, when you think of the hard work of you and your coaching staff and, and where the program, how far the program has come, especially heading into the season with all the expectations, just talk about the significance of the acknowledgement uh, from the league coaches in the preseason polls. That has to feel pretty good um, to you know, kind of know where the program's at right now. Well, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're thankful for a lot, of, a lot of good things here at YSU and a lot of changes that has allowed us to you know, really get out and recruit some, some high-end players and you know, for the league to, to vote us number one, it's, you know, I appreciate the respect from the other coaches, a lot of great coaches in the league. And, but like you said, I mean, preseason rankings don't mean a whole lot. And, you know, you got to get on the floor and you got to prove it night in, night out. And this league is going to be extremely tough this year. You talk about the league. What about your, your non-conference? Uh, I mean, obviously you guys are, are already off and rolling here. Uh, you guys just beat Wofford, of course, 81-72. You have Penn State coming up next week. You'll be at Akron the Horizon League is a tough conference, and you don't, you know, but you're not shying away from the challenges that you've put forth on this schedule right now. Very impressive non-conference schedule. Talk about what uh, what went into building this schedule, preparing for the conference time. Well, I think um, we knew we were able to schedule a little bit tougher this year in the non-conference with 
you know, a lot of veterans coming back, a lot of experience. And so Wofford, they were picked second in their league. And, um, you know, they had a, a, a freshman of the year transfer come in, very good player. So that was a big win for us. I think they're a very good team and going to, going to win a lot of games this year obviously Penn State's going to going to be a a, a challenge um you know Akron Western Michigan both very good teams so we're we tried to gear up our our non-conference schedule to prepare us for this tough league uh schedule coach uh, if you don't mind just to rewind back to last season because I thought your story last year was was fascinating I uh, picked seventh in the preseason polls and of course finishing where you guys did you know 20 plus wins regular season uh champion of course uh, tied at the top there you win coach of the year what was that like for you because there was a lot of unknowns heading into to last season and the way your team bought in and the job that you and your staff did just uh, take us back to last year at this time heading into the season and then thinking about where your team and program ended up uh, just talk about how special last season was and and how you know building uh, and how last year's success has played a role in the expectations heading into this season well i think it it made sense because we lost the freshman of the year in the Horizon League to the transfer portal. We lost a three-time all-conference center to the portal. Um, we lost a couple other full-time starters that first portal year. So we had nine newcomers. Um, you know, we, we went out to the portal and got, got quite a few players. So you just never know how they're going to gel together and mesh. And fortunately, we've, we got some really good players, and they were very um, – team orientated you know they just wanted what was best for the team and they didn't care how much they scored didn't score if they were starting not starting and uh it was just one of those seasons where the team came together um and just really cared about each other really wanted to play hard and do their best for each other and i think that's why we were able to to uh come out on top at the end a lot of adjustments that, I mean, look, you've been coaching for quite some time and, and you've had to adapt to a lot of things throughout your coaching career. COVID, obviously, the transfer portal being uh, one of those new avenues that you and your coaching staff and even the players are are all adapting to. What are some of those challenges that come with being a mid-major program, trying to combat some of those? And, and how is that? how difficult or has it been difficult for you as a coach uh, trying to uh, adapt to the ever-changing world of college athletics when it comes to the transfer portal? Yeah, it's definitely a huge change. I mean, from year to year, you're you're a little bit unsure of what you may or may not need because of the portal. You know, some players that if they don't play, you know, right away, then they want to transfer. You know, in the old days, it was, you know, if you didn't play right away, you worked harder and you tried to earn more minutes and kept going that way. But not necessarily like that anymore. And that's just that's just you know a change with the times, but. Um, you know, we have to f- try to figure out, okay, is this, you know, high school player that we, we like and, and we are potentially going to offer, is she going to be better than a, a third year or fourth year division one, you know, starter that scored 10 points a game and shot 40% from three, <laughs> you know, so that's where it really becomes tricky and tough because, you know, I like to recruit high school players and, you know, kind of build them into our program. And, and But, you know, we're able to, you know, we got two Division One starting guards, you know, that both shot 40% from three and averaged almost 10 points a game each that were already proven that we could watch film against Division One. You know, we could watch 28, 50 games, whatever, that they played in Division One. So we already knew pretty much exactly what we were getting you know, with those players, when if you take a high school player, you know, you really don't know until they get here and are trying to compete at this level. 
I, I like that mainly because, you know, when you think about the transfer portal, you talk about how it impacts mid-major basketball. And when you think of transfer portal and mid-major basketball, it's the bigger programs plucking away good players from the mid-major programs. But I, I like your side here where you're talking about, hey, like it could be a, a – I mean, there are positives to it as far as how you could work that to your advantage as well. Obviously, there's pros and cons to every direction that college athletics is going in, but that is interesting kind of hearing that aspect of it, of, hey, you know, we can get a player that we could bring in and develop or bring in a player that will develop but is already further along in the process. Uh, that is an interesting angle that I hadn't even considered. Yeah, I mean, those and those players that were, were taken out of the portal, I mean, they've already been through the grind of college basketball between academics, weight training, film, practice, travel, you know, they've done that for two or three years. They know what to expect, had those experiences, a little more mature, you know, so it's definitely, you can look at it both ways. And I don't, without the portal, we don't win a, you know, a championship. So, um, you know, it's been very good for us. Your win over Wofford, we go back to your opening uh, season win uh, against Wofford. I'm really fascinated by Lily Ritz, of course, 27 points. 20 rebounds. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a, she's a heck of a talent. Talk, I mean, and you've had quite a few talented pieces on your roster over the years, but just talk about how special of a player she is and what she means to how you guys run, not just your offense, but what you guys do in the defensive end as well. But 27 points, that's nice, but that 20 rebounds by one player, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, she's, you know, she's obviously being a first-team all-conference player last year, and um, our offense, really, we run through our post play you know we always have since i've been here for 10 years so we we really like to get the ball inside and then kind of work from inside out and um you know fortunately uh wofford is a little bit smaller you know and um it makes it difficult for our post to go on the perimeter and guard so it's a little bit of an advantage in that sense for them but on the other end you know they're a little bit smaller inside so we really made a made a point of emphasis to try to get it into her as much as possible and she did a great job delivering impressive last season impressive roster for this season a challenging non-conference let's move on to the horizon league side of things heading in obviously you know we know you've been tabbed the preseason favorites that's all thrown out the window now the season's officially tipped off when you look ahead to conference play, which obviously, you know, with more conference uh, games and teams there in the Horizon League now, you know, you start playing conference games a little earlier in the season. Your your thoughts on the challenges that the league presents uh, as they're going to be kind of gunning for you guys, of course, you know, being the preseason favorites, high expectations, but you're going to get every team's best shot, non-conference or not. W- what's your thoughts on the Horizon League heading into conference play around the corner? I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head when you, you know, I think being picked, you know, first, first in the conference in the preseason poll, every team, you know, is gonna is gonna want to get us. We got a big target on our back, and um, we're trying to preach that. You know, since summer, you know, we have to perform and practice and do everything that we do at a higher level, or you know, any night you can get knocked off. And I really, this is arguably, in my opinion, one of the best years of women's basketball in the horizon league i mean there's six seven teams that in my mind can win it you know can win the regular season or make a run at the tournament championship and uh it's just a lot of outstanding coaches a lot of really good players um and uh, i just think it's going to be one heck of a year yeah, I agree. Uh, for many years, as I kind of alluded to this earlier um, when we started talking, but it was like you would know going into the season, it's Green Bay and everyone else, and then it was Green Bay, Wright State, and everyone else. Macy Williams comes along. She was such a tremendous talent. She was, you know, IUPUI, that's such a tough program right there with or without Macy Williams. 
but I do love the parity in the league right now. And a lot of that has to do you give some tenured coaches. You know, I talked about that in the men's basketball side of things. You know, the uh, for the men's basketball in the Horizon League, you have some tenured coaches, coaches who have been around a while, so they're able to establish programs and get their system in. Uh, we're seeing that now on the women's side of things too. But I love the parity that we're seeing now, where it's not just a a given of who's going to win it heading into the season. Yeah, no question. I mean, there's there's several coaches that have been on our side for. You know, well, Borseth has been there for, you know, a million years. You know, <laughs> Kyle from Milwaukee's been there a long time. Cam's been there for a long time. Tungate's been there for a long time. Myself, you know, um, Charlie at Robert Morris, you know, has been there for, I don't know, four or five years, but he was at Robert Morris for 10 years before that. So lots of, um, you know, long term coaches and Chris at, at Cleveland State's doing a great job. He's been there for a while now. So, it's, it's it's a really well-coached and competitive league. Well, Coach, uh, excited for you and your team and everything. Glad the season's officially here. You know, it's funny, the last couple of years, COVID just obviously dominated the 2020 season, kind of trickled into 2021. Uh, I was preparing for this season, Ben. I'm pretty sure it's just like a breath of fresh air, sense of normalcy for the first time in years, correct? Has that just made this season you know, a little bit more enjoyable? Yeah, it, it's, it's crazy because... It has been so, um, you know, out of sorts since COVID hit, but I feel like, you know, there is a little bit of a sense of normalcy and back to the way things were and um, kind of prepare for the season uh, like we had in the old, I, I say the old days, but, you know, back in the day, pre-COVID. All right, John Barnes, head coach of the Youngstown State Penguins, good enough to hang out with us here today on Reach the Horizon, the official podcast of the Horizon League. Youngstown State will be back in action next Tuesday as they'll hit the road to take on Penn State out of the Big Ten, and then they'll be on the road for two more at Akron and at Western Michigan before St. Francis Brooklyn uh, is coming back to town for the Penguins. All right, Coach, thank you so much. You're a busy guy. Congratulations uh, you know, on the success last year and the solid start this season. Be pulling for you. Best of luck. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much, Justin.